Hi, this is JP Mack, and welcome to Liberty Relearned, not just another conservative blog. Well, here we are uh, at the uh, 4th of July weekend. Uh, I hope everybody uh, had a nice 4th of July, got out to celebrate uh, at least a little bit. Um, also, hopefully you did it safely, you didn't blow off any fingers or any other body parts, lighting, roaming candles, or fireworks, or any of that sort of thing that uh, our parents always warn us about. So, this, this holiday, to me at least, uh, felt a little different. Um, felt, to be honest, a little bit empty. Uh, a little bit um, seems it like there was something missing and I think uh, I think you know what probably that something was that was missing um, 4th of July is basically about two things uh, it's about celebrating America's birthday which would be our independence from Great Britain uh, but it's also about freedom, and it's that second part that I want to talk to you about today, that part that I think was missing, at least in a great deal, uh, was, was freedom in our country. A while back, a few years back, uh, I wrote a piece uh, entitled, Is America Really a Free Country? And at the time, um, that that notion was actually met with a bit of derision, and because uh, it happened not too long after the Supreme Court agreed that the uh, the mandate to buy health insurance under the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare was legal, was constitutional. I think that's a huge stretch that uh, Justice Roberts made um, it's it's definitely um, I, I don't know I don't understand how a free people can be forced into commerce um, basically it's commerce by command you had to buy the um, some sort of health insurance if you didn't have one through your job or through some other means uh, that provision the was thankfully uh, revoked um, through the uh, recent uh, tax cuts um, put through by President Trump and the uh, Republicans and uh, that's a good thing although that's a uh, really good thing that your government's not going to make you or penalize you for not having health insurance. The idea that they were ever able to in the first place, that's the problem. Um, because as I argued at the time in that article, that uh, a government that can make you buy health care um, can make you do much pretty much anything um, you know what would be the limits as long as they uh, apparently 
uh, attach it to some tax provision and call the penalty for not doing what they tell you a tax uh, apparently that's that's um, fine and dandy under the Supreme Court or at least that was it was uh, a few years ago when that ruling was made and of course uh, since then we've seen this Supreme Court makes uh, some good rulings and not some uh, very good rulings but uh, really it's, it's a shame that the Supreme Court should have this much power in the first place their their job is supposed to be to see if a law is constitutional it's not supposed to be well can there be any logical reasonable argument uh, if you do enough uh, mental and legalistic gymnastics to get to the conclusion that you want to get to, to render the verdict you want that's not the idea of course I follow the uh, Justice Antonin Scalia model of the court uh, being mandated um, through the Constitution to follow the Constitution, follow the Bill of Rights, uh, follow the law as the laws were written and understood at the time. And it should be a pretty uh, straightforward proposition you think but of course um, I guess justices being human beings and having their passions and prejudices uh, they sometimes color their decisions with uh, their own opinions and sometimes that leads to bad law like we had with with the Affordable Care Act and the mandate that you buy insurance and uh, so I, I was critical at the time of that judgment, and of course I still am. Um, it's really to the point where, um, you know, when people will say, you know, it's a free country, that's a common expression uh, in, this, in this country, um, I really decided that, you know, it was hard to believe that anymore uh, to hold that notion that that America was truly a free country I think at the time uh, we were something like 12th or 13th on the list of freest as far as how much interference you know via regulation and law the government has over that country so we were somewhere around like 12th or 13th and uh, that's not good. I mean, any poll of any countries that has us not being number one in freedom, I think that's, um, that's, that's never a good thing. I don't know what our rank has to be, happens to be now, but I'm sure it's not much higher. Um, oddly enough, it's a lot of the Nordic countries, I think like Sweden and Denmark, I think, are rated considerably higher um, than America is uh, on the basis of total freedom of their citizens. It's um, kind of ironic. I don't know if Bernie Sanders, uh, in particular, 
knows this, knows that economically as far as the interference uh, in the uh, everyday lives and businesses of the citizens that some of these Nordic countries that he likes to extol um, with his uh, democratic socialist platform are anything but uh, socialist. So this makes me wonder that, but I think that would be a good question, by the way, to um, ask Mr. Biden, Senator Vice President Biden, when the debates come up. Um, you know, uh, state our rank is currently this on the list of the world's most freest country. Uh, what will it be after four years of your presidency? I think that's a good question that both of the candidates, Trump and Biden, should be made to ask during debate. I'd love to see that question. Um, but, again, uh, while we are free, uh, in a sense, and of course with the uh, COVID-19 thing happening, um, we're a little bit less free. I mean, we don't quite have it as bad as some countries, uh, particularly the, the real socialist countries in the world, um, such as Venezuela. I think uh, we're lucky to have um, more freedom than that, but then again, those countries set a a really low bar. I mean, when you're talking about Venezuela, North Korea, Iran, countries like that, I think they set a bar uh, pretty low. Um, like I said, I think our goal should always be uh, number one in the world's most freest country, most freest economy. Um, but this year, um, didn't really quite feel it. Um, there's always the pride I have in America of her achievements. I mean, we put a man on the moon, uh, we fought a war, the only country to fight a war with itself to end slavery, and the right side won in that war. Uh, of course, just getting our independence from Great Britain, the most powerful uh, superpower in the world at the time, that was pretty much a miracle. Um, so just you read some of the history of the time. I'm not talking about Howard's in history, I'm talking about real history uh, of the Revolutionary War period and see just how improbable some of our victories were um, that we had in that war that led to our freedom. I mean, there's so many opportunities for us to lose that war or just have it drag on and maybe we would have to have or come to some accommodation and we'd be like a nominally free commonwealth like Australia or Canada but we wouldn't be a truly free independent nation um, so that's something you can do um, I think there's a lot of good history you have to find it of course because there's a lot of bad history too but um if you if you want to find it, you can about the uh, the history of the Revolutionary War and how improbable it was that we would win that war. And of course, this year uh, we had the um, added 
uh, truncation of our freedoms due to COVID-19. Um, there was a lot of uh, fireworks displays, as I mentioned, that were canceled due to the the fear of people getting COVID-19. It, it does strike me as a little bit funny that, you know, people can uh, congregate in great numbers uh, to advocate for the death of America, but God forbid uh, we should congregate in any great numbers to celebrate her birth. I think that's a really uh, sad commentary of where the state of our union is, is today, the state of our, our freedom is today. Uh, talked a lot about before, um, you know, even in states where some restrictions have been lifted, kind of one doesn't really get the freedom or the feeling that they're actually uh, regained much in the way of freedom. Uh, maybe some places more than others, but I think particularly in the blue states, you know, you, you cannot uh, still go to church. You can't worship as you see fit. Uh, that's still a problem. Um, it, it's, I mean, some places you can uh, have, like, very small services, but still in way too many places, you cannot go to church um, because of the edicts of a governor or a county supervisor or a mayor. And, of course, that is not right, and none of these edicts, I think, would pass real constitutional muster. It's, it's really a shame that a lot of these uh, laws haven't been challenged. Some of them have. I know in Wisconsin, uh, their emergency powers of the governor were revoked. They were found uh, not constitutional under the state's constitution. And I think that's something going forward that we're going to have to, at the state and local level, is I think people are going to have to demand uh, amendments to their state constitutions limiting the uh, governor's power in the state of emergencies. Uh, it should be limited in time duration, um, two weeks, I think is, or 14 days, on some locales a month, 30 days in other locales, uh, but there should be some restrictions on both the time and the scope. And of course, uh, if you go on to my webpage, uh, I still have there up there prominently displayed uh, my proposed COVID-19 Bill of Rights that describes what the limitations of the state and local government should be. And of course, that goes for the federal government too, but I uh, haven't really seen too much of a problem, luckily, from the, the federal government, um, other than that the, um, Trump has allowed the state governments to set their own rules, and sometimes they're, they're just bad rules and unconstitutional rules. Um, but they are looking for out for our freedom. Uh, at least they have, or Trump has uh, AG Barr uh, looking into seriously uh, complaints of uh, particularly relig religious rights complaints, where 
churches and synagogues and uh, place, other places of worship are being treated differently than, say, uh, secular places uh, like restaurants, bars, uh, any, any other place where people might gather. And, of course, there is um, the limitation on funerals. Um, anybody has been unfortunate enough to lose a loved one during this COVID-19 crisis, uh, particularly in a blue state, you know that um, that is a, a big deal. I, I think that's more of a serious infringement on our rights um, the right or you know you should have the right to mourn and perform religious services um, for those who passed on and I think really um, um, among like the more egregious um, restrictions um, you know not going being able to go to church is one and a close second um, basically related under basically on their freedom of religion would be the restriction on gatherings for funerals I think that's kind of a really uh, perverse and even borderline uh, sadistic edict that these governors have on the people I don't I don't think they appreciate the damage that um, particularly emotional and psychological um, that the, it does to the people affected when they lose a loved one and they cannot mourn them properly. And so, of course, there is also uh, the mask mandates uh, out west. They are uh, putting the mandates on in, in uh, different states out west. Um, in the east and certain other parts of the country uh, they've been around for a while since the basically the beginning uh, does seem like it's getting a little bit tighter um, as I said in the past uh, I don't really mind the wearing of mask I think what I really mind is the um, government forcing us to wear masks. I think that is really something that um, I think Americans should rightfully have a, a problem with. It's one thing to tell me, give me the facts, uh, let me choose what to do um, and wear a mask or not. I mean, I think, I think personally you should. I do myself um, when I'm out in public, particularly when I'm with you know, doing grocery stop shopping or kind of shopping like that. You know, wearing it when you're when you're around people and you can't socially distance properly. But it should be a voluntary decision. And uh, just this um, past week, uh, it's up now on uh, LibertyRelearn.com, the the uh, website. Um, I wrote a piece. For that, um, I want to uh, read that for you. Um, I think it has a lot to do, again, with the topic we've covered of losing our liberties, particularly over the COVID-19 
crisis. So let me uh, just read to you some passages from um, my latest post online. Uh, it starts with a quote from Benjamin Franklin. You've probably uh, heard uh, before. Those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. And I think that uh, Ben Franklin was exactly right on that one. I think uh, Ben was pretty wise. I think he knew that there would be times like these. It's hard, it's, and continue on, it's time to decide, people, liberty or safety. In early July 1776, the people made that decision. They chose liberty. Again and again during the last two centuries, Americans made the same choice for liberty. After September 11, 2001, we tried to choose both security and freedom. Nearly 20 years later, we're finding out that that is a fraudulent notion. Politicians and members of the deep state abused their powers, took advantage of the fact that we gave up some liberties for greater freedom, and used them to subvert the Constitution and attempt to overturn the results of an election. Uh, of course, that is uh, what happened. I'm referring uh, mainly to what happened during the impeachment, but also the Mueller report um, was a abuse of power by the deep state. The uh, some people in the higher echelons of law enforcement and intelligence for this country uh, were given powers. Uh, they were supposed to use it to protect us from terrorists. That's what we were told. Um, and we allowed it, uh, it passed through the legislature and it was renewed. The Patriot Act was renewed, at least most of it was. Um, but still they abused it and now, um, through the FISA courts, and now, um, you know, we have to really reconsider whether having this court which I think was always a bit of an infringement of our Fourth Amendment rights to begin with. We really have to take a, a second look on what they did. And I think uh, finally we are. And it had been predicted by other people that uh, if the government, you know, that there was a trade-off between the liberty aspect and the security aspect. And, you know, we tried to have both and uh, we found out that that uh, we gave up some freedoms in return, we thought, for security, and we got burned. To be specific, we entrusted our intelligence and law enforcement agencies with augmented powers to surveil American citizens. They abused that power. Now, in the year 2020, we are forced to make that decision again to decide whether or not America's primary value will be liberty or safety. Because as Franklin knew, only one can be paramount. Um, just to build off of that, that little passage that I, I wrote in my latest 
Peace Online. Uh, that really goes to the heart of um, why I created Liberty Relearned in the first place. To make liberty our primary value. It was in the beginning. Um, that's what we, you know, the Revolutionary War was fought for. That's what George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, uh, Ben Franklin were all for, and uh, a lot of them fought for. Uh, and a, a lot of Americans gave their lives for freedom. And, of course, nowadays, um, you know, we kind of take that freedom for granted, uh, having not really um, had to purchase that with our own um, blood and treasure. We've kind of lost sight of the freedom. And I think with the COVID-19 a crisis has done, has brought us back, snapped us back into feeling that, yes, these liberties and freedoms that we had, uh, that we were taking for granted, um, can be taken away uh, pretty much, unfortunately, um, with the whim of a governor or mayor. All right, um, continuing on with the post Say Now, with the plague of COVID-19 upon us, we have been asked to give up our freedoms for the promise of security. If you live in a Democrat-led blue state or city, that choice has been made for you and all too easily. That choice was the promise of security from COVID-19 over your individual freedoms. Most of the People in this country are living under edicts restricting our movements and actions in almost every setting. This has been done with nary a law being passed by any legislator, legislature anywhere, usually by governors or mayors, without the authority under the U.S. or state constitution, far exceeding any authority given to them under enemy any democratic process okay so governor whitmer um governor newsom governor wolf governor murphy oh yeah i'm looking at you when i, I say that and even even uh, in the red states it's worth noting i mean there are now mass mandates in texas and other places and um, so really almost nowhere is unaffected. I think maybe Alaska is like the last state to have like virtually no uh, restrictions on the, their citizens' movements and actions. Which is a shame because, like I said, this is America. We're supposed to be free. Uh, that's supposed to be what we're celebrating uh, on the 4th of July. Instead, it's a little bit hollow. Um, a lot of those freedoms we took for granted have been removed from us. Right. So, continuing on. Uh, meanwhile, those same governors and mayors give contradictory directives with regards to protests. You can protest, but you can't have a fireworks celebration. You can advocate against police brutality, and even for the destruction of the United States of, as we've known it. But don't dare protest for your right to go back to work, school, or church. 
These are actions that would have been unthinkable just a few years ago and impossible a couple of decades ago. Just over 50 years ago, America was hit by the Hong Kong flu epidemic. That, according to the CDC estimates, claim approximately over 100,000 American lives. That is, by the way, um, from the ending last quarter of um, 1968, I believe, and into 1969, that that, uh, we were hit by the Hong Kong flu. Anyway, there there were no lockdowns. No social distancing or mask mandates. So what has changed? America was founded on freedom, but with that freedom, and almost as a prerequisite, the notion of personal responsibility had to be a chief and complementary value. Academia and the media have pushed away personal responsibility in exchange for collective responsibility. Collectivism, as promoted by Marx and others, was the driving force behind that change. Now, the idea of personal responsibility, which can be summed up by this phrase, I do not ask you to take care of me, but by the same token, you do not have the right to expect that I must take care of you. Collectivism turns turns that on its head. As the best sums up, as best summed up by the phrase, "I demand you take care of me, and I'm not to be held accountable for my own situation, as others were responsible for it." This has led to a popular attitude that, rather than one wear a mask to protect oneself and one's loved ones, that is the that it is the moral obligation to put the needs of the collective over the needs and desires of the individual. You may ask with this in mind, but don't the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few? Are the governors right to demand everyone wear a mask in public? Um, Just as an aside here, uh, I noticed that Biden is advocating for the federal um, mandate of masks. Apparently that's what he's saying he would do if he were president right now. Um, I would like to ask him, so is, are you telling us that is okay for a president to command the citizens of the United States, their, his fellow citizens, to wear a mask or do anything of a the of that uh, nature I'd be interested in, in hearing his answer to that um, anyway that the, the argument um, you know the goods of the many outweigh the, the good need the, the needs of the few or the one noble as it sounds fails to recognize a co-equal value the value of personal freedom. The conservative libertarian, to the conservative or libertarian, the safety that with the people wearing masks in public and the associated public health benefits is not the problem. 
nor is an alleged non-understanding or rejection of science on the part of conservatives and libertarians the problem. The problem is the mandate itself, coming not with the consent of the governed, but from the governmental elite who consider themselves our moral and intellectual betters. Most Americans, it turns out, don't like to be ordered around. Hmm. Isn't that the truth? I mean, just look at the pictures from, um, well, right now, last night in Los Angeles, where firework displays were forbidden, and turns out that every block, it seemed, had their own personal uh, firework displays, and that was a beautiful sight. It's almost um, surprising coming from California, but, you know, credit where credit is due. Those people, you know, they did what they wanted, and they were not going to have the governor take away their the fun of watching fireworks on the 4th of July. So, kudos to them. Continuing on, uh, we traded, at times, freedom for safety, uh, to those who insist they know what's best for us, only to see them abuse that trust. On the political right, chafe against directives to wear a mask or stay at home. The issue is not the efficacy of masks. It is the collectivist philosophy that is in direct opposition to the individual rights and responsibility paradigm that forms the basis of American values. Values he held by our founding fathers, and every succeeding generation of Americans until this present one. These values, lest they be dismissed as obsolete, arguably contributed to a great degree to what's referred to as American exceptionalism. That is to say that America is exceptional because, and not in spite of, this link between freedom and responsibility. That is the choice the collectivist mentality as prescribed by Marx and his likes or that is the choice the collective the collectivist mentality as prescribed by Marx and his like or the one-two punch of personal liberty and personal responsibility one path we've seen ultimately leads to individual freedoms being extinguished in the name of the quote-unquote greater good. The other path being the one set out for us by the founders, the freedom to forge our own destiny in exchange for uh, what is now hundreds of millions of citizens taking on individual responsibility. Do we dare make that trade that F Franklin famously warned us against or do we hold true to the vision of the founders, that of a free people governing themselves? And that really is the question. I'm kind of surprised and maybe a little bit dismayed. Um, I know early on there were attempts to um, protest the restrictions on COVID-19. And then... Uh, um, of course, the uh, George Floyd thing happened, and of course, the whole nation's attention um, went to protesting for rights, to protesting against police brutality, and that morphed as it was co-opted by uh, a couple organizations like 
Black Lives Matter into a protest and uh, basically a condemnation of the entire American way of life. Now understand that uh, Black Lives Matter, the organization, uh, is it is a Marxist group uh, masquerading as a uh, civil rights or equal rights group. But uh, when they talk about equal rights, they mean something a little bit different. I think they mean something more close to uh, equal rights under uh, what's laid out by Marx in the Communist Manifesto. They're, they're talking about uh, equality as was uh, the point of the French Revolution. So, uh, you can see the contrast here, it's interesting, between uh, we just celebrated July 4th and our Independence Day and the American Revolution, and uh, now uh, we have people on the left basically advocating for a French Revolution. And I don't think that... Uh, matches up with our values. I think we had it right. I think the the uh, French revolutionaries of the 18th century had it wrong. I'm sorry to say, no offense to the French out there, but I think their emphasis on equality over freedom and over responsibility um, what we call uh, freedom of outcome, not freedom of of opportunity. I think that was a little bit misplaced and misguided. Um, but of course, uh, that was um, it borne out to be a mistake. It didn't work, even in France, where it happened. They had successful, successive revolutions and counter-revolutions in that country. Um... And, of course, they tried to go socialist, and they're still vacillating between uh, socialism and free market economy. So, hopefully, they'll they'll choose wisely. And it is, it's worth mentioning, that um, the strife uh, that it came in France, um, the French Revolution and subsequent uh, worker uprisings in that country, um, did... Uh, directly affect people like Marx and Engels uh, in their their concept of socialism and eventually communism. And so there there is a direct connection between the French Revolution and uh, Marxism and the Communist Manifesto. Um, so it is worth uh, historically noting, um, and we see where that path starts, where that thinking leads, um, trying to go for um, very egalitarian uh, existence where where um, you have they, to try to mandate uh, mandate equality um, of outcome. They tried to mandate, I guess, the idea of charity. You know that. Um, you know, government-mandated charity is not charity at all. It's simply the redistribution of wealth. Um, so I don't think there's any virtue in those people um, calling for 
greater taxation or anything of that sort to uh, take for the, the better off the rich and give to the poor. Um, not, not making it mandatory. Okay. Um, it should be optional. Uh, you know, the United States is at least by many standards, the most generous country in the world. Uh, that is a fact. Um, our, our, uh, giving our, our charitable giving is some of the highest. Uh, depending on you know what who's doing the ranking, the United States consistently ranks in the top three for uh, charitable giving by its citizens, and I think that's worth noting. And I think our elected officials, uh, particularly on the Democrat side, kind of like to pretend that there's no such thing as charity. And they don't acknowledge uh, how charity, uh, the voluntary giving of charity, not only hope helps out the person uh, receiving the, the aid, the money or the aid, but also helps out, I think, spiritually and emotionally and psychologically, the person who uh, gives the charity. And, of course, that's basically the whole basis of our Judeo-Christian values. And I think uh, when people try to suggest that Jesus was a socialist, um, no, he was not advocating for the forced giving of charity. Um, he was, in fact, advocating for the voluntary giving of charity, sharing um, what you have with the less fortunate on a voluntary basis. Because if someone's making you do it, then it's not really charity. It's not really coming from the heart. And it's too easy to advocate for laws for that uh, make people give to, you know, from one group to another. And, and all of the effects that that has on the economy and the picking of winners and losers and then there's crony capitalism and corruption uh, these are all the things that are born out of the notion that that somehow charity forced charity is actual real charity um, you know, making the government uh, give people more money uh, from other taxpayers from one group to another is somehow a virtue but I don't believe it is. I don't think many uh, people do. I think, uh, of course, many conservatives um, and libertarians uh, would agree that um, the force giving, the force redistribution of wealth is not a virtue at all. And advocating for it um, has more in common with, I think, tyranny than charity. So I hope you will uh, take um, some of what I said today to heart, uh, consider it. I don't ask you to necessarily agree with every word I say, but hopefully you'll at least consider it, weigh it uh, with your experiences and with your values and see 
whether or not whether there's not some commonality and uh, hopefully um, I've presented a new way of looking at certain situations and pointing certain things out that maybe are not stressed enough in other places in society so I hope you appreciate this focus on you know because it is fourth of july weekend at least as i uh, present this to you at the time um so our thoughts are of liberty and of but also uh life liberty and the pursuit of happiness and that we may get back on track with those things very very uh soon and again i would like to thank you for listening to the podcast well we I appreciate your listening every week. Um, if this is your first time, uh, welcome. I hope you will go back to the catalog. I th- believe this is the 10th episode now. So I think uh, uh, hopefully you'll go back to the catalog and li- listen to um, other episodes you missed and other topics. I try to go through a good number of topics every week. I try and stress one or two different news items and topics concerning conservatism and liberty and libertarianism uh, every week because it's such a big subject that we could never run out of subject matter so that's good particularly if you're the person who has to uh, make the podcast and come up with things to say and I hope that if you did like this podcast that you will uh, share it with your friends, um, tell other people about it. Uh, word of mouth, I believe, is still the best way for this podcast to be promoted. And of course, uh, check out Liberty Relearn. The uh, essay that I was uh, reciting from earlier is on that, and of course, there's a lot of others. Um, I think you will find um, hopefully some good reference material hopefully that some of what you read on the uh on the website itself will be of some use for you and hopefully you'll come away with some different ideas and hopefully uh with a an appreciation for different aspects of freedom i mean the the whole point of liberty relearned is for uh, particularly people who have not um, had to purchase their liberty as other generations have with their with their blood and treasure. Hopefully, um, you can appreciate why they did that. Why people um, served in World War Two, World War One, um, Revolutionary War, and uh, all of the America's wars. And we're willing to give up their lives for their country, for their freedom. Hopefully, uh, particularly on a day, day like today, in a time like today, and uh, during this crisis. But, you know, Independence Day should mean a little bit more than simple independence from uh, another foreign country. It should, uh, for us, for us Americans, um, mean something uh, in the lines of liberty. And so hopefully by listening to this podcast that, um, helps you build an appreciation for liberty, 
um, American values. Um, pretty sure that most of the people listening to this already share their values. Maybe I can help you um, like crystallize some of your thoughts, and that's really the goal of our discussions and what I write online and what I post in places like Facebook. And speaking of Facebook, I hope you will uh, like our The Liberty Relearn page on Facebook. That has to do with more of the current events side of things. Um, what the you know, conservative or libertarian outlook on the issues of the day are. Um, particularly items that maybe are fresh in the news. Because uh, the podcast and the and particularly the website are you know trying to keep an equal balance between news and um more more um more uh concepts and like ideological things um that will stand the test of time because i know that this covid crisis will pass god willing soon and uh, hopefully we'll look back on this and we will identify some of the mistakes and and we will, at, if nothing else, will appreciate some of the liberties we've lost. So, again, thank you for listening. Um, tell a friend. Uh, if you really like what you heard and want to contribute, there is a way for you to do that online. And also, I believe there is a way of making comments online. And of course, uh, when you see my stuff posted on Facebook, it's very easy to make a comment. And uh, we appreciate uh, different points of view um, or sharing. You know, like to hear comments to see uh, if my ideas are going in the wrong direction or the right direction or, you know, if I'm in tune with the people I'm trying to reach. So it's very easy to comment, of course, on uh, Facebook. It's also easy to comment online, and now with podcasts, you can do that too. So, I hope everybody, again, had a happy and safe 4th of July, and I hope that you've um, developed and had time to reflect on our freedoms and in some cases the lack, lack thereof of the freedoms and maybe um, consider how we can gain some of them back. So I will hope to see you next week on the podcast. And uh, every Monday I try to have this out available um, Sunday night going into Monday. And I've, I used to say that it's for your morning drive in, but now it's turned into your morning drive and drive back and your drive back to work on Tuesday, unless it's a really long commute. But anyhow, thanks for uh, listening to the podcast, and again, Monday is the Monday mornings, there's always a new episode. So, let's see you next week.